that's what we're about. And uh, this year, as <clears throat> we're kind of coming out of this pandemic, we're re-engaging uh, short-term mission trips again, which we hadn't been able to do a lot, even though we did some during the pandemic. Uh, and, uh, and so one of the groups that we've been thinking about sending uh, is to the Republic of Georgia. So we're really watching, Pastor Chad already has these plans. Uh, we're really watching what's going on in Ukraine because things are, are fragile, but uh, there are plans to go there. And then there are plans to uh, send a group uh, to Chiapas. It's a, a state in the southern part of Mexico. And we've been working there with indigenous people groups. It's really exciting what God is doing there. And we're trying to send a small group, maybe a three or four people, because it's, it's in the jungle and it's in some kind of, to be honest, kind of risky areas. Uh, and then this last Tuesday, as Pastor Chad was talking about, um, about it with young adults, four young adults signed up for it. So like we doubled our group size in just one night. And, and that's just kind of an example of how people at our church are excited about going, excited about being on mission. And, and maybe that's you, maybe you're excited and you're trying to figure out what does it mean for me to go, uh, whether it's locally or globally, or, or maybe uh, you're one of those people that says, well, that's great for someone else, but it's not for me. Or at least I don't really understand what all uh, that means. What does it mean to go? And so today we're continuing our re-engage series. We talk, we've talked about gather, we've talked about grow, but we're talking about go. Last Sunday we talked about the why of go. Why is it that we should take the Great Commission seriously? And then today we're going to talk about the what of go. What, what is it that going means? What do we mean uh, when we say go. And the first text I want to call your attention to today is in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. We're going to look at three passages in the book of Romans. And this is the first one, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And it reads like this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. What a wonderful declaration uh, from the Apostle Paul about the gospel. And, and as we think about that, we, we are reminded that here at Calvary, we want every disciple, we want every Calvary member, we want every follower of Jesus to be involved in gathering, that means worship like we are here, to be involved in, in growing and to be involved in going. But what do we mean by these things? We've talked about them, but I just want to summarize each of those just so that, so that we are reminded, so maybe they're a little clearer. When we say gather here at Calvary, what do we mean? We mean that we meet regularly with other believers to worship God and to encourage one another. That's what we mean when we say gather, that we meet regularly with other believers to worship God and encourage one another. We're doing that right now. And we, we did it at 9.30 with another group, and we're going to do it at 12.30 in Spanish. And we do it on Tuesday nights with young adults, and we do it on Wednesday nights with students. And so that's what it means to gather. Now, when we say grow here at Calvary, then what do we mean? We mean that we relate in community to a group where we practice up, in, and out. That, that we engage and we do life together with a small group of people and we practice these three dimensions, up with God, in with each other, and then out with a broken world. That's what it means to grow here. So what does it mean when we say go? 
When we say go, we mean that we share Christ's love in word and deed with everyone because God has sent us. So when we say go, that's what we mean, that we share the love of Christ in word and in deed. We share good news. We love people. We care for them. So let's unpack that a little bit this morning. Go means that we share the message that changes lives. On May 8th, 1945, the newspapers across the world had big, bold, large font headlines that read VE Day. It was the day of victory in Europe. It was the end of World War II. It was the day that the German, the Nazi army retreated and accepted defeat as the Allies advanced. It was good news. It was welcome news. Can you imagine after having lived through this horrible war, can you imagine living in Europe? Can you imagine knowing that the Jews were being put in concentration camps? Can you imagine the, the horrors of bombs and sirens? And then knowing that today that ended. Today is victory day. It started about a year before on June 6, 1944, it was D-Day. It was the day that the Allied forces arrived at the beaches of Normandy and they began to advance and to liberate the European territories where the Germans, the Nazis with Hitler had advanced. Can you imagine if you were the one who had received this news first, if you had this news of liberation, wouldn't you want to share the joy of being able to tell somebody, there's victory. We have had victory over evil. Those that have been oppressed, those that have been scared, those, those that, that, that are afraid are now, can now rest, can now free. This news makes a difference. It made a difference. I want you to know we have the kind of news that makes even a greater difference. When we're talking about the gospel, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Paul was convinced that the message of, of the gospel, the message of good news was the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel literally means good news. That's where the word comes from. Good news. In the midst of brokenness, there's good news. In the midst of darkness, there's good news. When it seems that evil is having its way, there is good news. To go means to share this good news. To, to, to share this message that changes people's lives. It is the most powerful message that humanity has ever heard. Listen, when we go, we're not sharing a philosophy. We're not sharing a religious tradition. We're not trying to sell our denominational brand. When we go, we are sharing the good news that God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for our sins so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have a relationship with God. That's the gospel, that's the good news. I'm going to ask Matt Vaughn to come and, and join me here on stage. Matt is one of our young adults, one of our college students here. Um, and uh, he is one of the ones that went to Beach Reach. Uh, and so, Matt, thank you for going to Beach Reach. I understand that was an interesting experience. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my second time doing it. Hello, church. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always really good to go to Beach Reach. Uh, I went my freshman year, had to skip my sophomore year, and then I was uh, able to go again this year. So it was really good to just see God move um, in the 207 salvations. Every time I see that number, like, anywhere, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So that's what you go, you, you, you go to the beach with other uh, students from BSM to share this good news that we talk is the power of God to salvation. So how did you experience the power of God how that changes lives during this week? I mean, there were so many moments, but um, there was one story that one of our uh, groups came back from one of the van rides with because we give people free van rides to you know, get them around safely and share the gospel while they're in the vans. Um, and there was this one group, uh, my friend Jaden came back and he looked like kind of shaken up. Uh, so, you know, we talked to him and asked him what happened. Um, and he said that they had seen uh, this guy beating his girlfriend um, outside of their van. So they had rushed to help him. And then they had loaded uh, another group onto their van who had seen this happening. Um, and immediately after that, like that group, I think it was like two people on that van got saved. And it was just amazing to see like, there was this intense brokenness happening like right outside the van, like they helped break this up and then they get back on the vans and people who had witnessed that, saw that brokenness and we were able, like they were able to show that in that brokenness there, like God uses brokenness to bring people to him, to help us understand that there is no salvation without him. Like, we need him for that redemption. That's awesome. So, you know, it's messy, right? You're there and you see all kinds of things, but you see the power of God that in the midst of that messiness, he's bringing people to himself. Mm -hmm. People are giving lives to, their lives over to him. Yeah. Amen. Well, I know your life was changed that week. So thank you for going, Matt. Appreciate you sharing with us. Yeah, let him know that you appreciate him. <laughs> to go means to share the message that changes lives. In the midst of, of, of the mess of the world, that power of God in the gospel can change. Secondly, to go means to show the love that reaches everyone. See, the message that we're sharing is more than information. It's more than a creed for people to memorize or to repeat. It is a message of a God who loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. We need to let people know God, the God of the universe, the one who created everything that there is, wants to have a relationship with you, wants to know you personally. Now, there are many heroic stories about people who, who will give their lives up for someone they love. Uh, you know, we, we've all watched the movie of the Titanic and we, we've seen that story of rescue, which is a fictional story, by the way. Uh, the one that Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet uh, played, those characters are fictional, but there is a real story of a couple on that April 14, 1912, when this unsinkable ship began to sink. There was a, a wealthy couple on board by the name of Isidore and Ida Strauss. He was the owner of Macy's. And because he was first class and because of his wealth, he was offered a place in a lifeboat. But he refused. He said, let's make sure that women and children go first. So he stayed back. 
And his wife, being a woman and being a wealthy woman, naturally was, was offered uh, to go on a lifeboat, but she refused to do so as long as her husband was on board. In fact, she is quoted as having said, this couple that had been married for 41 years, she's quoted as having said, Isidore, my place is with you. I have lived with you. I love you. And if necessary, I shall die with you. What an incredible story of love, a couple that chose to, to die together so that others could be saved. Such love is, is admirable. It's hard to even comprehend. But, but we could believe that people are willing to die for someone they love, for someone close to them, for someone who's their friend or family. But hardly would anyone die for an enemy. Hardly would anyone die for someone that had done them wrong. And yet the message of the gospel in Romans 5.8 tells us the following. Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. The love of God was such that he gave his life not just for those who were friends, those who were right with him. In fact, he gave his life for sinners, for, for those that were alienated from him, for those who had chosen to disobey him, for, for those that have given their backs to him. God loved them so much that he gave his life for us. And that means everyone. Everyone who's ever walked on the face of this planet is loved by God. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think as you're driving, and the, and the drivers are driving you crazy around you, the people that are cutting across from the parking lot at Stripes trying to get to the fourth lane over here, and, and the people you see in the news and the people at work and school, do you ever think God loves them? He loves them so much that he gave his son. He did. So to go means to love them because God loves them. To go means to care for people around you. And then to tell them that God loves them so much that he gave his life for them. To show that love in tangible ways. That if God showed his love by giving his son, when we go, we show that love. I love this verse. It says God demonstrates his love. God showed his love. He didn't just say, I love you. It wasn't just words. It, there's an action. The giving of his life. I love you and I'm going to prove that I love you. The cross. Listen, if you ever doubt whether God loves you, look at the cross. If the enemy ever lies to you, if the enemy ever tries to put doubt in your mind whether God really cares about you, look at the cross. It is the proof that God loves you. But God demonstrates his love. God proved his love. God showed his love in that while we were still sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And people have to know that. People have to know that we're not just trying to add members to our church. We're not just trying to put a check mark by a list of religious duties we have to share the gospel. That, that we're not just trying to, uh, to, to do something that will make us feel good, but that we love them because God loves them. And that we will show that with our attitude, 
with our service, with our patience. Pastor Chad is our missions pastor here at Calvary, and I'm going to ask him to come and uh, here for a minute and talk to me uh, as we think about this idea of loving people and showing the love of God in tangible ways. You know, sometimes, uh, Chad, thank you so much for, for being here, by the way. Well, Break your chair. And for... Uh, don't, don't stand on it, guys. <laughs> breaking the chair. That guy, um, small chair. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's always exciting. Yeah. That'll be memorable. I was thinking about making a joke. Apparently, yes. you did it for me. All right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I think you're safe there. I think so. Yes. All right. Um, Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing like live TV. <sighs> what were yeah. we going to talk about, Julio? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think we had a plan. <laughs> so when we talk about this love, you know, people may think, okay, we hear these stories about people going to, you know, Zacatecas or going to Beach Reach. And is that the only way that we can show love for people? Is that the only way we could go? Or what are, what are some other ways that we can practice this go? Yeah, uh, Julio, I showed this in first service. I feel like every believer has a responsibility to go. Yeah. And, and it, it, the difference on, on location uh, really depends on the person's capacity and ability. Um, there's a couple of stories I always think of in scripture that maybe exemplify extraordinary opportunities like Philip and the Ethiopian. Um, you know, it was really a miraculous opportunity, but it was a stranger conversion, right? Uh, Philip didn't know this guy before, has this interaction with him, he gets baptized and then Philip's whisked away. Another example, I think it was when Peter stands up at Pentecost and 3,000 are added that day. It's a remarkable moment in the church. And, uh, and oftentimes those two uh, examples often are the, the example we point at and people go, yeah, I couldn't do that. Mm. Well, I feel like those are extraordinary examples, but the ordinary examples are more like what you see in Cornelius, mm. right? You remember when Peter visited his house, Cornelius had gathered all of his friends and family together. And when yeah. Peter shared, the, the spirit fell on the family before Peter started talking. Right. And so Cornelius had already brought all of his friends and family together, had already shared the love of God with them. And now they just found out about Jesus and it made all the difference, right? right. And, and that's what I call ordinary evangelism. I think every single one of us has an ordinary role every single day to engage the people that are within arm's reach. They're the people that are close to us and far from God. And so for many years, you've heard us say, who's your five? Who are the five people that you're praying for uh, that are they're far from God but close to you? And that, that's why we call it ordinary, right? That's what we can do every day, any day, all the time, looking for those opportunities, praying for those people who are far from God but close to us. And, uh, and I think that many of us get to do that every single day. And, uh, and that's the prayer that I have for most of the people in our churches, that that's, that's the kind of evangelism that all of us can have a role in. Yeah. I, I was asked this weekend as people were in our cafe to, what, what does oikos mean? Because that's our cafe. Oikos is, is this Greek word that means what? Yeah, it means household. Uh, I would translate it today as like a relational network. Uh, yeah. It's everybody that you see and interact with on a regular basis. And uh, the Oikos Cafe, we just think it's a perfect name for people to come and gather and grab a cup of coffee and maybe have time to minister to the people who you're closest to. Yeah. And so what is one way in which here at Calvary we show God's love in a tangible way uh, locally? Sure. I mean, I'll just highlight, you know, Marco and, and Olga here. They lead a ministry every single month. It's called Bread of Life Market. It's been going on the entire nine years I've been at Calvary. And once Saturday per month, um, we give out, uh, we have a food distribution for members of our community who are uh, really 
in, in poverty. They need help with their food. And uh, so throughout the month, they're gathering things from the food bank and donations from anyone that gives rice or beans or others. Uh, some other people are, are really involved in that. And for every month, between 70 and 150 families are coming here and getting food. Every month that's happening. It's just a way for us to tangibly tell our community we care about you, we love you. And in that process, we get a chance to share the gospel with them. Often we get to pray for them. We ask them how things are going in their families and their lives. And, uh, and it's a quick way to interact with them and say we love you. This yeah. is Jesus' love poured out for you. Amen. You know, when we talk about sharing God's love with everyone, that's really kind of overwhelming. Although we start with our network of relationships. But as a church, we think of everyone. And we know that there are a lot of people groups in the world, a lot of tribes, languages. So what does it mean for a church like ours to think about the people groups on the earth? Yeah, man, Julio, we have, there's so many ways we do that. So Calvary is a sending church, right? We, we give, we, uh, we pray, we welcome foreign people around us. So we have cross-cultural opportunities in our own community. We teach people how to pray for people, to share the gospel, to care for their needs. I mean, there's the six, six things, right? The six habits of an effective Christian. Um, but beyond that, we also are, are partnering with ministries around the world that are engaging unreached people groups in some of the most difficult places on the planet. For instance, we met a guy in Kenya who was a Nigerian who was a Muslim growing up who became a believer. So he was a Muslim background Christian, Muslim background believer. He was a, a great leader leading disciples, making disciples in Kenya, and then eventually handed off the leadership of that ministry in Kenya to Kenyans, which is an amazing thing. Then he moved to North India, so he's a Nigerian who we met in Kenya, living in North India, working with unreached people groups in India, and now he's reaching out and launching a new ministry platform in Nepal. And, uh, and in Nepal, he's reaching the Nepalese, and he's training up Nepalese to make disciples and reach the ends of the earth there in Nepal. And that's one ministry that we partner with, and it's just incredible, because we have, through him, a network in Nigeria, Kenya, India, and Nepal, and that one minister. And, uh, and in all those places, he's engaging unreached people groups people who are far from Jesus, turning them into disciple makers and equipping them to become fully formed disciples wherever they go. So that's incredible. That, that is mind-blowing and, and that we get to be a part of it by praying and giving. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and speaking of giving, we have a global missions offering that we're receiving during this Lenten season through Palm Sunday. And, and part of that offering goes to support those kinds of ministry. Uh, and, and one of the ways in which we're going to contribute is to the World Hunger Offering and I want you to watch this video that talks about a Laotian church in Dallas helping orphan, orphans in Laos, Laos. All right, so watch this video. Thank you. We support uh, uh, the orphans in Laos. We buy them uh, from uh, a school supply and canned food even a, a personal uh, hygiene. When they arrive often at school, they have rule at the school. Uh, they, have, they have to eat whatever school provide them. The government give them 15 kilo of rice per month, and our government cut down to uh, 13 kilo per month. So when the children in at often at school, when they cut down that much, school had to cut the breakfast. The Texas Hunger Fund when we buy them food or rice, you make them ask me a question, why you help us? Why you are here for us? So when they question us, we can share the gospel after that. 
So we, what we do in Laos, we are give, uh, we give them food and we give them medicine. So these two things, we make them ask a question: Why you are here to help us? And we said, because in the name of Jesus, we are here to help you. Part of going means praying and giving to these kinds of things, and, and this is what you get to do here at Calvary, to show the love of God to everyone, to everyone. What a privilege that is. And thirdly, to go means to sow, water, or harvest the seeds of freedom. The power of the gospel is a power of love. When we're talking about God's love, we're not talking about a feeling, a, a make me feel good. I, I, I go to church so I can feel good on Sunday and maybe make it through the week. That, that's not what we're talking about. God's love is a liberating kind of love. It's the kind of love that brings freedom. In, in the book of Romans, we get an exposition of the gospel message. If, if you've never read the book of Romans, I, I recommend that you do. It, it helps you understand the gospel. And we've read uh, s several passages from there, but I want to read Romans 8, 1. And it's, it reads like this. Romans 1, 16 talks about the power of the gospel. Romans 5, 8 talks about the love of God. And then Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, Je Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Those who trust, those who say yes to Jesus are the ones that are in Christ. They are freed from sin. The cross, the death of Jesus on the cross is the conquering of sin our worst enemy? Sin is the enemy that alienated us from God. Sin is the enemy that separates us from our creator. Sin is the enemy that will keep us separated for eternity. Sin is the enemy that brings destruction to our lives. And the cross conquered sin. And those that are in Christ receive the benefit of that. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It means that those who have believed the good news, those who have said yes to Jesus, are free from sin and condemnation. Free from guilt. Free from shame. Free from damnation. Free to live a new life. Free to live in the spirit. Free to make a difference. Free to be heirs of eternal life. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And to go means to proclaim that freedom. To go is to tell people that they can be freed from that condemnation. To go is to watch God at work in the lives of people and the communities where he brings freedom. To go is to sow seeds, to water them, and to harvest those seeds of freedom. 
We often hear those stories about someone who, who led someone to Christ and, and we tell you those stories. Someone that helped someone pray that prayer to trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. And what great stories those are. We, we hear them about beach reach. We hear them about interactions that, that people have. Those are great stories. When someone leads someone else to Christ, that's harvest. But most likely every time that you or someone leads someone to Christ, someone before you has planted seeds. Someone before you has prepared the soil by loving, by serving, by caring. Somebody has watered the seeds. And then someone else comes and they harvest that seed. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Even Paul understood, man, I, I, I'm not the greatest here. I just planted a seed, Apollo watered it, but God gives the growth. Sometimes go means that you get to plant a seed and you do that by word, you do it by deed. You plant that seed. So sometimes go means that you water the seed that somebody else planted. And sometimes go means that you harvest what someone has sown and watered. Whenever we do that, we do it by sharing the message. We do it by loving people. But God does the saving. God does the forgiving. God does the rescuing. God does the freedom and the liberating. And we just get to watch and be a part of it. Osvaldo Gámez is uh, one of our uh, members here. He's in our Spanish preaching team. I'm going to ask him to come and join me. And be careful when you get on this chair, Osvaldo, uh, please. Uh, Osvaldo and attends our Spanish language service. He preaches there. He lives in Reynosa and uh, ministers to migrants uh, at, at the migrant camp there in Reynosa, planting house churches. And, and I've told you about him before. And I know he's got a lot of stories, but I want to talk about this trip that you and Jose Luis and Christian and Augie made two weeks ago to Zacatecas in Guanajuato. Glad that you're back. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, church. And yeah, it was a great opportunity, Pastor, to be down there and to meet, especially uh, three couples of Venezuelans missionaries. And we were so encouraged to be down there. So you went to Zacatecas and Guanajuato, and you met three couples from Venezuela that moved to Mexico so they could share the gospel with the Mexicans there. Yes, they they have been here in. in there in Mexico by uh, the last three years. Uh -huh. They were working hard, loving the people, uh, especially one of those couples uh, have been using their skills. One of them are, one of them is nurse, uh -huh. mechanic, and paramedic. Okay. And they were serving the community these three years, but they, they were uh, kind of discouraged mm. because of the results they have seen. Mm. And they said, People use here, and, but they don't decide, uh, make a decision to follow Christ. Mm. So the, the good thing that was that we were there to encourage them, to pray for them, but also to kind of facilitate uh, uh, the evangelism through easy, uh, biblical, and reproducible tools. Mm. Uh, we had a, a moment of training but also a moment to be out there with them. And then the Lord, I mean, the Lord did great things yeah. in that time. Yeah. 
So they've been there three years, and I think during the three years, they had one commitment for Christ. Yes, just one, those three couples. Among those three couples. And then you guys went, and in one day, how many people made a commitment to follow Christ? Um, more than five people uh -huh. uh, made a commitment, but also five decided to be baptized. They were baptized right there the in the same day. So after three years, yes. this, this, this missionary couples are, are seeing five times as many results as they had. Yes, it was a, a huge blessing for them because they said, we didn't expect this. Yeah. Then, but we, we, you, you came, but it wasn't because of you. Uh -huh. It was because the Lord had been working through yeah. all this time. Somebody been planting seeds, somebody been watering them, and you guys showed up and you harvested. And what, a, and, and what a great joy that is. And, and that's just a reminder that going sometimes means just going to encourage people who've been working hard. Uh, it's not going to, to out of a vacuum, but going to encourage those that are being faithful. And thank you for being obedient and for going and letting God use you. I know you have more stories to tell, but uh, we probably don't have that much time right now. Thank you for the opportunity, Pastor. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> to go means that sometimes you sow, sometimes you water, sometimes you harvest. But they're the seeds of freedom, the seeds of a Christ that says, when you're in me, there is now no condemnation. To go means that we share God's love in word, and indeed with everyone, because God has sent us. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. We share God's love because God loves them. We share the good news of his death and his resurrection. We go wherever God sends us. You know, our, uh, sometimes God sends us across the ocean, and we should go. Sometimes God sends us across the river, and we should go. And sometimes God sends us across the street, and we should go. Wherever God sends you, go. He doesn't send us all to the same place. But wherever he sends you, go. Your, your harvest field may be a people group. Like the migrants in Reynosa. Or it may be our school campus. Or it may be an office setting. That's your harvest field. Or it may be your neighborhood. Maybe a community. Maybe your family. Maybe a network of professionals that you relate to. An oikos of sorts. Wherever God sends you, all you have to do is show up. Show up and share his love in word and deed, and God will do the rest in his time. That's what it means to go. My question for you today is, will you? Will you go? Will you show up wherever God has sent you? Will you share in word and deed the love of God for everyone, for everyone that he died for? Will you so? Seeds, will you water those seeds? Will you harvest those seeds as God calls you? You know, I, I want to ask you to make a commitment today. Maybe, maybe you're here and you say, I've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. You're talking about going, but I don't even know that I've come. And I, I can't go un unless I know this power of the gospel. And I want to invite you to, to make that commitment today. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Now, that's just not a mental ascent. It's not about believing a creed. It is about a trust of your life. It is about saying, yes, you can be my Lord. 
You can be my savior. I surrender. I recognize that I'm a sinner and that I need you. And maybe that's where you need to begin today. Maybe that's your commitment. The commitment that this over five people did in Zacatecas and were baptized that day. Maybe that's the commitment you need to make. Or maybe it's one of the commitments on your uh, sermon notes card. One of them is to pray for five people who you know in your oikos that are far from God. And you're going to pray for them between now and Easter. You can write their names there. These are five people I'm going to pray for and I'm going to watch God work. Or maybe you're going to share the message of the gospel this week with someone. You can mark that. Or maybe you can think of someone you're going to invite to Easter Sunday services. Maybe there's a neighbor or a relative or a friend that you say, I'm going to bring them to church on Easter. You can mark that, check that. Or do an act of service for someone. How is it that you can show love in a tangible way for people that God has placed in your life? Would you bow with me as you think about your commitment? Father, I thank you for the gospel, this message that has the power to change a life, that has the power to change an eternal destiny, that has the power to restore our relationship with our creator, that has the power to free us from sin and shame and guilt and oppression and slavery and addiction and patterns that are harmful so that we can live in the spirit, so that we can live in victory, so that we can be a blessing. Thank you for that gospel. Thank you for those good news. Help us to own them. Help us to believe right now for our own salvation. And then help us to share in word and in deed that love that you have. As we sing, I invite you to commit. Maybe use your sermon notes card. Maybe come to the front in prayer and kneel. Maybe just sing. You can stand. You can stay sitting down. You can pray. However the Spirit leads you to respond, this is the time to do so.